What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Kyle Conkeel, back with another episode of the Just STFU podcast. Today, we're going to be doing Ripcast number two with our own drum tech slash monitor guy slash helpful in guitar areas as well tech, Mr. Johnny Concannon. But the one thing I didn't talk about in this podcast that I'm as upset that I didn't talk about is that Johnny has also played drums for the contortionist. You know, we have uh, our front of house guy, Robbie, has worked with the contortionist. So, you know, it's a, it's a real close, tight-knit family. And uh, I'm bummed I didn't talk about this with Johnny. But anyway, I'm not going to bore you too much. Be sure to follow my boy, Johnny Concannon, on Instagram, at Johnny C. Drums. Check out his website, johnnycdrums.com. He's a great dude. He's a great musician. And please enjoy this conversation with the conch number two, Johnny Concannon. A nice cup of joe and a cup of water. Yeah, just just chilling. See, see, that's what I do. I get like a like a water, and yep. then like a special beverage. Yeah, you have to have like a like I always like to have. I'm I'm a, a hot beverage fan. Like I like hot things, like hot tea or hot you know whatever. Uh, so coffee is like my all day my all day drinker. But I'm a caffeine addict. So it's you know, and I think we we both share that. So. Yeah, see, I really can't get into coffee so much as, like, like unless we're in, like, Europe or, like, in a major metropolitan place that has, like, dope coffee spots. Like, you know, I, I can't just go down to Starbucks and get, like, a... <laughs> like a pike drip or something like that like to me that's not good and no, like it's I, not. I would much rather like i would much rather like just go to like mcd's and get like an iced coffee that's just foolish bullshit and sugar yep. but it's like way. you know but then that's like 390 calories per per <laughs> per coffee so i'm just like you know what like there actually was uh there actually is is coffee that i do enjoy um I got uh, I got a bag of coffee from AC Slade, who does Catfight Coffee. He sent me some K cups okay. and some grounds. I gave Chris the grounds, and anytime we've been doing his um, Patreon show, you know we'll have uh, we'll, we'll have we'll have some of that coffee, and it's actually really fucking good. Like just the beans are good. Yeah, like I don't know exactly what he does, but um, I have like a walnut flavored coffee here at the house, and I don't even need to add anything to it. It just tastes great. It just tastes great. And uh, the roast that he has, I, I think it's like a medium roast. I'm not exactly sure. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up. And and, uh, and I still need to do a post for him proper. I, I, I suck at that up. sometimes. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a really great for people, especially for people who don't like coffee. So maybe that's just good coffee. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, but, good. Co- I think coffee should taste good to anybody like there's nothing there I, I guess if you don't like bitter flavors like I get I could understand why tea and coffee might not be your might not be your bag but I think like it's cool that that like with coffee you can get such like dramatically different flavors out of essentially the same plant you know it's like so it's all about the soil like where they're grown the elevation like all that kind of shit it's crazy yeah and see well I mean 
I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm fine with tea. Tea, I have I have no problem with. You know, like I don't need to drink like sweet tea. Like I'm fine with like black tea. Oh, black tea. You know, I'm not really so much of a fan of Earl Grey, but I do like a good black tea. Is it the orangey flavor in the Earl Grey you don't like? What yeah, is it? I, yeah. I, I, th- I think that's it. But like black tea and green tea is fine. All day. You know, I just, I guess I just don't like shit coffee. <laughs> shitty coffee. I would rather not drink shitty coffee. Like I don't drink drip coffee anymore. Like at home, or at least I don't make it. You know, if, if, that, if that's what's available, maybe what, I'll do like it. a press. Yeah, so I do an AeroPress. AeroPress. Do you remember? I don't know if you remember this, but Steven, the TM. In, oh, yeah, Steve Odom. Yeah. Yep. So Steve Odom, he introduced me to the AeroPress. He had one. Oh, he brought, yeah. He brought it on the road. I remember that little the copy the press thing. Yeah. Exactly. It's like it's like a little mini press. It's, like it's kind of like you can do a French press vibe with it, but it has a filter. So you are still filtering the coffee so you don't get like such so many like grounds and stuff in the bottom. It makes a really nice, like, concentrated coffee, right? So you get, like, basically two, like, one, like, two scoops of coffee in there. You fill it up, you do the thing, and you end up with, like, two espresso shots worth of coffee at the end. And you can either just drink it like that, like espresso, or you can add more water to it and make it like an Americano. And that's how I drink it. So I just do, like, a, like a concentrate coffee and then just add water. And that's what I'm drinking right now. Oh. See, I don't know all this coffee shit, dude. Oh man, dude. I just you, know you I, I just know it. ripping perps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wake up in the morning, just rip a perp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure it's like it's funny, I see memes like all the time on, you know, Facebook and Instagram, like like, you know, uh one is like, you know, have cereal for breakfast and the and then the next one is like, you know, have a well balanced breakfast. And then like the next one is like a guy who's like holding a sword and he's like all ripped and it says and then it says like fuck it, nicotine and cat nicotine and energy drinks. And I'm like, yo, that's me, dog. That is that is Brenny on the road, especially that's you. Yeah. That's I mean funny. it's not not much is different when it's I'm out, at home. No, it's, it's about the same. So yeah. So I, do you do you feel like you're the same guy when you're on the road as you are at home? Like you don't have like different routines really? I mean, sleeping routines is probably the only thing that's like super different. Actually I eat healthier on the road than I do at home. That's funny. I mean, well, this last year, man, it's just been like, you know, we were getting ready to go sure. out and do that Hollywood Undead co headline tour. And, uh, and then, you know, everything was just like, oh, everything just stopped for like a year. So, you right. know, you know, fucking old Brennard over here, you know, packed on, packed on a couple of LBs, but <laughs> you know, uh, um, I got my first dose of the Pfizer vaccine about a week and a half ago. So That's I have, great. yeah, I have, I have two more weeks and then I can get the second dose and then, uh, you know, I'm waiting for a couple other things to go through and then I'm going to go back to to my my personal trainer because i remember in between you joined what tour did you join us on i joined papa roach and uh yeah it was papa roach asking 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 all right so so that's when you came on and that's when i like got to my beefiest so probably like what i am right now right is like the same as the p roach tour um but then, you know, after the P. Roach tour, you know, Conky got all fucking healthy and shit. You did. You were going to Eric the Trainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back to E the T, you e know, the tea. and, and uh, try to drop these fucking thirty pounds I gained over the over the quarantine yeah. last year. Um, but like, I don't know, man. Just like the first few months of this was super confusing. I think now mm. we all kind of know what we have to do. 
and regardless if you do it is is whatever <laughs> um but like i think i was just like there didn't really seem to be an end in sight not that there really is now True. but i feel like there is more of an end in sight now than there was last year when yeah. all this shit because i mean dude in like fuck what is today the second um yeah. i mean you know in 10 days it was like a year ago that I was like furloughed from my day job yep. and I had lockdown. no idea what the fuck was going on. It was like strict lockdown. Like I didn't leave the house for, uh, I, we did like the live from quarantine thing. And that was seriously the only time I left the house for probably three or four months. Yeah. We were in a very similar position. We, we, we weren't leaving the house. We were ordering groceries and even to be honest with you, we're still ordering some of our groceries. Like we still do that because uh, area area that we live in is the the grocery stores are just busy as hell all the time, like twenty four seven. It's like crazy, and truly, it's not like the kind of grocery like you go in and it's like about a third of the people are masking and stuff like that. It's just like not the kind of yeah, just well, not we, a sick. Not you're a you're in the Midwest. You're 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 in Midwest. Indiana. Yeah. yeah, Midwest and also kind of in a somewhat lower income neighborhood, I guess you would say. So it's, yeah. it's kind of like the combination of like ignorance meets uh, poverty. And that's just kind of what happens in these areas. Yeah. But I remember because I didn't leave the house, I got into super bad habits. And I was doing some online Eric the Trainer classes. I think I did it a couple of times. But I just couldn't find the motivation. Like, because... You remember when we started touring again after the after the P Roach tour? Like I was pretty pretty on it. Like I you wanted were. to work out all the time and days off and stuff. You were you were going you were going yeah. to the gym. You were you were doing a lot. Um, you know, doing fucking late night workouts and hotel gyms and shit. <laughs> but uh, I remember you showed me uh, an exercise that I still do that Eric showed you, which was the push up pulses. Oh like low, yeah, yeah, the yeah. low pulses. I still do those. The, yeah, I the remember, half, uh, half push-ups, man. Yeah, yep. they're great. I do that. I do, I do, um, I do a similar version of that for the dumbbell press and the mm -hmm. dumbbell incline press. Uh, but it's like half, half. It's like half, half, whole, half, half, whole. So it's like you go half, half, all the way up, half, half, all the way up. Um, it burnout fast doing it like that. Yeah, um, but I think, but the re the reason why I really like doing like the like the half push ups is I feel like I can do more. But it also <laughs> it also works out this area of your chest that helps. Like so, if like you can get to like a hundred half push ups, like you could do easily fifty, like full, full push ups, like no For problem. Sure. So I think it really helps with building. Um, building the push-up strength and then doing it on something like a bench, like mm -hmm. instead of just like being on the floor. Yeah, the incline. Yeah, like an incline push-up, um, which I guess is, you know, equivalent to like doing like a girly style push-up. But <laughs> <laughs> but still, uh, there's a lot of stuff that, that, I, that I learned from Eric that I was definitely, that was giving me results, uh, especially like work, like warming up with with shoulders, like... I remember the one thing I remember, like, I might not have been, like, super jacked, but, like, my shoulders were Herculean. fucking, yeah, like, that was the one thing, like, my fucking, my fucking shoulder and my, uh, what is this, your fucking deltoids or deltoid. whatever? Deltoid, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
my shoulders were so I never had any fucking neck or back pain ever. Yeah. So, but, and then warming up with, like, if you're going to do, like, a big heavy lifting day, which is, like, half the time I'm at Eric, Eric the Trainer, it's it's heavy, heavy, slow lifting. Right. Um, is just warming up with, like, you know, half or a third of the weight and just building up. Because, I mean, there was, like, some days where I, I when I wouldn't warm up, I wasn't strong at all. And then, like, other days I would spend, like, 15 or 20 minutes, you know, uh, almost half my workout warming up. And then that's where I was, like, doing, like, fucking 100, uh, like, 180, 215-pound lat pull-downs. Yeah. Um, or, or, you know, doing, like, you know, 90 or 100-pound pound military presses. Um, and that's actually when I was, uh, I think I was able to do... Like around that time, I was doing like sixty-five pound dumbbell dumbbell bench presses. Right, that's that's rough on me. I can't do that. I mean, I I mean, I had to really work up to that. I I, right. mean, I could. I don't think I could do it right now. Do you think that it has something to do with like flexibility, like getting warmed up that way, like getting your muscles limber so that they can support the weight, like and spread as opposed to being stuck in like a static position. Yeah, well, I think just getting the blood flow to those to those certain muscles, especially if if you're doing like a big back, bicep, chest, and like shoulder day, mm. I really think just getting a little bit of blood flow to those muscles and you know having good technique um, really does help be able to build. And also, I'm a weird fucking guy. Like even Eric says this. Like he's like, I don't know what it is, but you get stronger at the end of your workout. So that's how he built he that's how he was building my workouts to where I was doing heavier lifting later on. Right. Or doing more reps of something later on. He's like he, yeah, he's like you, you you're not even warmed up until like he's like I can have you warm up for 15 or 20 minutes, but he's like you don't actually warm up until like, you know, the 30 or 40 minute mark. Dude, and I then, think that that's a musician thing. Yeah. I think that I straight up think that's a musician thing cuz like you think about like when you play when you're playing on stage how many songs does it take for you to feel like warmed up? Yeah, three, like two four? or three. Right? Two, you got, I mean, you got, you depending, know, but you, it's going to be 10, 15 minutes, right? It takes you a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, I'm not really a warm-up guy, which, right. you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to get into better habits when we get back on the road. That's just, it's never, it's never been my thing, you know? Like, you know, we, you see Chris and Doc, you know, they're always warming up backstage. They, they got guitars just, like, warming up, getting ready. I mean, I don't have to play as fast as they do. It's true. And there are definitely shows where I've been like, ooh, I, I really should have warmed up today. Do you ever but, cramp? Like, when you're, if you're doing, like, finger stuff, do you ever cramp there? Mm, not really. Honestly, the one thing that will cramp is, uh, is my, is, like, this on my right thumb, like, mm. my grip muscle. Yep. If 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 I'm if I find myself like feeling a little weak in the hands that day, yeah. which is another thing working out shoulders is great for is your yes, grip. Yes, it is. Yep. Big time. Um, if I'm feeling weak, uh, I will notice I'm holding the pick a lot harder than I normally would, and yep. I get cramps there. And sometimes I get cramps in like my left thumb area as well. But for the most part, you know, I you know I do a couple push ups, you know, do a little stretch <laughs> behind the stage do uh you know i'll do the rip get everybody fucking that's where the blood's boiling (laughs) (laughs) i i I told john not too long ago i was like i was like man i'm gonna i i have i have the fucking the greatest rip for when we go he goes i already wrote it 
I'm doing it. I'm like, oh, shit. I was like, all right, you better have that same energy, dog. Like, JB's got to bring the heat. Come on. Yeah. JB's really got to bring the heat, you know, because well, I, he was the one who was because I think I started really doing the rip a lot on the P. Roach tour when when, yeah. when you when you joined up with us. I think so. Before then, it was mainly John doing doing rips or like sometimes Doc would do a rip or Chris or, you know, whomever. But uh, it kind of sort of came like my my pre-show duty on 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 the pop road show i don't even remember what show it was it just everybody was laughing and everybody like because you know going on before stage you have you can have a little bit of stage anxiety for sure you know your adrenaline's going and it's just like if you can sit there and like laugh with your friends like i really feel like it takes a lot of the the edge off yeah the pressure goes away yeah so like that's kind of what I really I really liked about doing the rip is like it wasn't just for the boys like it was for me too like if right. like my rig had been like fucking up or whatever uh, that's stressful and you know and then just to sit back laugh at yourself and you're like all right you know you can't fucking take yourself too seriously bud yep. um <laughs> but so for the people who don't know cuz we've been just chatting back and forth about fitness and coffee for the last 15 minutes. Uh, Johnny Concanon is our drum tech, but he is all more, more recently. He has also been doing monitors as well. And I actually, I talked about this with Robbie when he did rip cast. Number one was, uh, was like working for bad wolves. You really have a lot on your plate. Cause like, you know, you were, you were doing drums and monitors and Tim was literally teching all the guitars, all guitars. You know, there was a point where, where Robbie was tour managing and front of house. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we really do work anybody. We make sure they earn their paycheck. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, on the, on the, on the death punch tour, we had squid for a little bit, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, he decided that, you know, he didn't want to work with the bad boys anymore, but there's no bad blood there. I actually just talked to Squid uh, a couple days ago. Um, he's a good dude. I like Squid yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, and, he's, and he's, he was great at monitors. You awesome. Know? He was super good at his job, for sure. Me, me and Chris have always said, like, if we can afford just, like, maybe two more guys, I feel like that would that would alleviate so much. Like, like a dedicated monitor guy, first of all, and then another backline guy. Yep, just another guitar tech. I, yeah. You know, like uh, so somebody else to kind of just take the the burden off of Tim because you know we've got stage left and stage stage right guitars, and I usually end up um, hand, handling stage left guitars during the show. So I'm doing like handoffs and whatnot. But like because I'm also doing the track, you know, like making sure that the the monitors and everything is kind of like right. Yeah. I have to be I have to kind of be in my world. So sometimes I don't feel like I get to you know wipe down the guitars right. I don't always have time to really make sure the guitar is super in tune. You know, so there's stuff like that where just having the extra guy might make it a little tighter for everybody. But, hey, at the same time, like, I really appreciate the opportunity to get to learn lots of stuff. Um, Yeah. Because if I, if you know, if those opportunities weren't there, I might not know as much about running monitors as I do now. You know, so it's just kind of an interesting thing, like how, you know, you're sometimes forced to adapt on the fly and that that ultimately makes you better. So it works that's out. right. I, I forgot you were doing Chris's handoffs. I, mm-hmm. I, cause you know, that's like, Chris has his own world over there on he stage does. left, yeah. you yeah. know, like yeah. stage left is crazy guitar boat world. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like me and doc kind of have like our own little area where we sit and talk shit between songs or, right. you know, or I'll yell at Tim or, you know, <laughs> well, it, it's funny. Cause like, um, 
you know, Tim's really, really good at what he does. And, you know, he's really good at like, and I don't mean to, you know, but like mid set, you know, your adrenaline's all over the place, you know, and he's really good at like when I bark at him. (laughs) Yeah, just like, (laughs) ah, the clean channel needs to come down. Ah, He's running. I see him running. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But I'm actually trying to fix all that right now since we've had so much time off. Like, Mm. I'm, I'm trying i'm still waiting for it and i've talked about this a few times on the podcast as well um but i'm getting this modeler from neural dsp which is called the quad cortex and basically it's you know it's just like a little foot switch um modeler and similar to a kemper like yes yeah similar to axe effects kemper you know but uh uh, apparently and I've, i've watched videos on it but um it models better than the Kemper is it using plugins like is it you, uh, eventually it will but you it basically does the same thing like you know the Kemper has the profile the quad cortex has the capture and the one thing that the the quad cortex does that none of the other profilers and whatever modelers out there do is you can actually profile a pedal without Whoa. having to to go through an amp chain setup so, so you, you can, can just take the pedal straight in. You could take the pedal straight in. It'll capture it. And then you can kind of figure out, you know, there's a, there's a little button. So you can kind of like have your reference. Like this is the pedal. And then, you know, there's a button for the quad cortex. And so you can kind of set it, you know, uh, the, the, the gain staging, the volume. You know, typically the, the, the quad cortex from what I've seen captures pedals a little bit hotter. But with the volume feature, that's pretty you much can all gain it is. It down. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. You can just kind of like, oh, okay, this is too hot. Okay, let's just turn it down a bit, and it sounds good enough. Like you right. wouldn't be able to tell in a live setting that I'm using a little baby floorboard, right? So and you can, not. You, so you're saying like, because you're like a, a big fan of your Sansamp, right? So like you're a Sansamp fan, right? Right? Because with that, I think that was, I remember we went back and forth a little bit and we ended up landing on the sans amp right for for the clean tone yeah for the clean tone right yeah, so like yeah. you, so now you can take that out of the rig it's no longer a physical thing that could have potential problems right because like the yeah. more stuff you start chaining together that's when we start running into as the the backline people we start running into like okay well to source out the problem we have to go through and we have to systematically swap out every piece of gear until we source the problem yeah. So it's nice for us because the less stuff that there are, the less moving parts, the easier it is to diagnose. Well, and it's also like being in a rack and being in a in a trailer, you know, shit bumps around, mm. your settings can get messed up. And the problem was is that one of the one of the volume knobs on one of the pedals was a little bit loose. So it so just... it would just it would turn up, it would turn down. So I was literally finding myself having to like go up around uh sound check time and just to make sure that all the volumes were somewhat cohesive. So now what I can do at home is I can literally build my three or four different sounds that I want to use in, in our live setting. And I can just switch back and forth and just make sure that all the volumes are the same. And then that's that's it. And I turn it off. So nice. And then that's it. So I don't ever have to worry about, you know, things like volume changes or knobs being moved because you know, you can move the knobs on it, but when you're in like a when you're in the live mode, it the knobs don't work. That's awesome. So you can't accidentally bump something and totally yeah. destroy your settings. That's great. Yeah. 
but the knobs are also the foot switch. So I'm trying to figure out a way because I'm not sure how long that would last because you can run MIDI. Right. So I'm wondering if, you know, I have that on the pedal board because I'm basically what I want to do is have a pedal board right in front of me, have the quad cortex, my, um, my wireless, and then maybe a little five button MIDI foot switch that I can program to be like, this is the tuner. This is sound one, sound two, sound three, mute. That seems you know, easy. That seems yeah. pretty easy to do. So, but that, that that's kind of what I want to do because it was just like having to bring like, you know, four or five pedals, a head, you know, cabinets, like all the, there was so much shit that, that could go wrong. And there was, and if, and if the MIDI foot switch didn't, if for some reason the MIDI foot switch didn't work up front that I was using for my old rig, Tim would have to manually do it. Manually switch. I remember yeah. that. That happened and, a couple of times. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. He was, he was really great at it, but I don't want him to have to sit there with like, you know, <laughs> waiting, <laughs> waiting for me to just like, okay, this is the part. Okay. Clean channel and dirty channel. You know, I, I would. <laughs> and you're turning around like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, or you know, if if the, there there was a couple times where the MIDI foot switch you know went out, mm, and yeah, just crapped out in the middle of a set, and I'm like, bro, the switch doesn't work. Can you do Can you do these changes for me? And you know, he would, but I would I would much rather not have to add any more. Like, oh, now I got to do Kyle's fucking foot switching too. <laughs> um, but I, I'm just trying to make my rig. Because the one thing I noticed from when we were we did the Death Punch tour in December in the USA to the Death Punch tour in January, February in Europe, is I was trying to use the same rig. Now, for the most part, I got the same sound. Right. But I would much rather have a smaller footprint, the exact same rig that I could take literally anywhere, turn it on, it's going to work exactly how I want it to work. There's not going to be fucking drawers all in disarray from the right. flight or pedals Turned flopping over. around or, <laughs> you know, I mean, we fucking landed in the UK and one of the, one of the rack faces was off. Off. It was just gone. I remember just that. Gone. Just being like, what do we do? Like, what, yeah. like how do we, how do we go for, you know, we I was to, like, so pissed that show too. And didn't you like just get that thing? Like, yeah, you'd, yeah. You'd like just built that whole rig and then it got trashed. You know? Yeah. So, I, I was a little bummed about it. So I would much rather have something that can fit in a Pelican mm -hmm. or, you know, a, yeah. Or, um, like, uh, like a like a ATA road case specifically made for the thing mm -hmm. and be able to put like you know the TSA um the locks and stuff yeah yeah the TSA locks and shit on it so it doesn't fucking open and fly out everywhere all over the world such um, a nightmare like it does that's like disaster mode it's like there you know it's like uh I can't remember what this guy's name was he made this video called United Breaks Guitars and this yeah. was like got to be 10 years ago. And it's this guy with like a video and it's like him looking out the window of the airplane filming literally the guys with like his acoustic guitar just going like, hey, and they're like throwing it. It just like lands on the ground. The case breaks open. The whole guitar just like shatters. And he, and he had to fight these fuckers for like months, months. And he got to the point where he just made a YouTube video and posted it. And this is like early YouTube it goes viral. And then they had no choice but to give him his money back and like pay for the guitar and everything. Cause he made such a gigantic PR scale. I, I think I saw that. Wasn't it like a super rare acoustic guitar too? It was some sort of weird, rare Martin, like an old, like a twenties, like, you know, yeah. Robert Johnston owned, you know, it was like some crazy thing like yeah. that, but yeah. And it got destroyed and like, they were arguing with him about the value of it. And he's like, you can't really 
argue I have video evidence of your dudes just throwing it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, and the cool thing is, is that, like, um, this thing is basically, like, it is, like, the like the width. It like, what are the specs on this thing? So it's 11.5 by 7. So it's like a so piece of paper. It's a piece of paper, and it only weighs 4 pounds. Whoa. So... I can literally bring, I can put something that if I need a spare, I can literally make a pelican that has one, the spare at the bottom and the main in the pedal board on top. You know, the pedal board will probably weigh 12 pounds. The second quad only weighs four pounds. So depending on how much the actual pelican weighs itself. Yeah, it'd be like 25, 30 pounds. And and because of the, the, the size of it, I wouldn't need a massive pelican for it either. You could carry it on. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to, but yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I will, it, the, the pedal board I'm getting that'll fit the quad and the um, the wireless is is 24 inches, so I would I wouldn't be able to carry nope, it on. Too long. It would, yeah, it would be it would be too long. But just having something that has like so I can have those options like. Hey, this quad cortex is fucking finicky tonight. Let's put the new one. Let's put the spare on, or right. you know. And then, like, if I literally turn them both on, hook them both up to Wi-Fi, I can with my phone send Switch. all of my settings from one quad to the other. That's awesome. Yeah, and I bet you that. I wonder if there's a way to run them. I I I think a lot of products now you can where you can run them in tandem. And one of them is just not transmitting, right? So they're both running. They both have the same everything. So then if there is the problem, you literally just go input out and pop it into the other input. And oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Totally. I mean, you know, and and if that's all I'm doing, the only thing I would literally have to switch is like, you know, I could put like, you know, a, a splitter and AB box mm-hmm. and then put my wireless into the, the AB box. Into the Y yeah, and then have one quad on one, and then the other, and I and you know the only thing I have to do is take out the di from the main and put it to the spare. Yeah. So that's, and that's kind of like we we built that rig for for Berklin. We we yeah. built built his trigger rig like that so that it's just one cable swap to grab and, and flip it over to the other module in case there's an issue because like that that's the kind of stuff like with the electronics we're always worried about is something going to overheat in the summer is you know in the winter you know is traveling did the cables go bad you know we're like always worried about that stuff going down and it's because it's the kind of stuff that makes and breaks a, a whole show yeah well i know like when we were playing hotter places in the summer outside we would have you know computer problems or trigger problems or lots of them yeah lots of them yeah especially the laptop that that's really the the computer it gets super super pissed when it's hot outside yeah. I think you probably you probably remember the the most infamous of those shows was in uh, the last show we did of the fall tour with Papa Roach in Vegas. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. When yeah. We had a we had Ross filling in for us in front of house that day, and the console went down because of the heat, and uh, that was a that was a really rough one. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a rough one. I don't for some reason I feel like something always happens to us in Vegas. Like we it, <laughs> we we played Vegas like four or five times now. And every time we played there, three of the times we've played there, they've been outdoors. Yep. And then two of the times we played there were literally just like back to back. So it's like we had kind of some hiccups. The first show when we started the Death Punch tour. Yep. Because uh, we played there November 1st and November 2nd. At the Hard Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um, which is no longer there, I right. guess now. Um, so we did November 1st, November 2nd. The first day we had some hiccups, but the mm-hmm. second day everything stayed exactly where yeah. it was. Yeah, didn't move anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was it was really nice to for that. So our second show was much better than the first show. Yes, it was. But yeah, I feel like every time we play fucking fucking Vegas, something always happens. <laughs> it's all the it's all the spirits of the people that have been losing money for hundreds. It's all it's all the spirits of the fucking mob murders that have happened there over the years. <laughs> all the dread, dead strippers. Yeah, it's it's all. <laughs> Chris calls it baggy. <laughs> yeah, it's baggy. It's the yeah, it's leftovers baggy. of baggy. <laughs> I haven't that thought was... about baggy. That's so funny. Oh man, <laughs> that's where baggy's spirit resides. <laughs> baggy lives in Vegas. <laughs> so you know, I know, I know, you came out to do something with us in October. That was like the mm-hmm. first time I saw you. Like only time I've seen you in like a year. Yep. So what else have you been doing to try to keep yourself busy and not go insane since, you know, we had a pretty hectic touring schedule planned for, for 2020. And, you know, ever since you've been on with us, I mean, we haven't had that crazy of a schedule, but we were like basically on the road for like two and a half years at that point. And like, right. you know, luckily I found a place that we moved, that I moved into right after I got home from Europe. Um, and I've kind of just been chilling here and, you know, I made my office like, you know, my bedroom or my bedroom, my office. And, you know, I've been able to do stuff like, you know, the podcast, our Patreon, you know, have my little store selling fucking goofy guitar picks and t-shirts. Yep. And that's kind of kept me, I wouldn't Same. say slammed busy, but you know, it's, it's kind of given me something fun to do. Uh, what is, what have you been doing during this whole time? Cause I know you've been like taking like, you know, social media hiatuses, which I totally approve of. If, if, if I guarantee if you're feeling bad about yourself, fucking just get off social media for Please. like a fucking week and a half and you will feel 10 times better. Yeah. I took the break in November. Um, it was, it was right around like all the election stuff and I was I don't just, blame get, you. yeah, I was just getting to the point of just like, I I just need to like not think about this 24 seven. Like yeah. it was really starting to just make me feel kind of just like in a weird spot. And I felt like my creativity was, was really suffering. And um, a lot of people don't know this, but like I, I do a lot of uh, recording. That's like mostly what I do um, <clears throat> is recording drums for other people or producing and mixing music for, for people. And the, the whole, um, creativity thing for me just kind of came to a head because I felt like I wasn't getting it as much accomplished as I wanted to. So that's when I took the hiatus and I, and I ended up, I, I thought it was going to be like a week or two. It ended up being two and a half months that I was off of it. And I think in that time period, um, I wrote like 25 songs and, Damn. and like put, put songs out and like got them into people's hands and was actually able to like accomplish things that I had really not been accomplishing and I hadn't realized kind of how much time I was sinking into just like staring at my phone. Yeah. It was like an embarrassing amount when I was looking at my screen time. I was like, I got to I've got to I'm losing like a day a week. Yeah. Social, you know, just staring at my phone. Like if you think like if you stare at your phone for four hours a day and you multiply it over your week, you lost a day, one day yeah. of your whole week. And that's 52 days a year. Like, whoa, that's uh that's a lot of time that you, you don't get back. It's like, that's a thousand hours, a thousand plus hours. Yeah, it's almost two about, months. Right. You talk, you talk about 
t- you know, 10,000 hours to being great at something. And like, if you, if you put down your phone and you, you there's a thousand hours that you are getting back right there. Yeah. So like, I, you know, that's kind of how I, I started to look at it. And so I'm trying to, I, I've come back to social media slowly. Um, but the thing truly that's kept me like driving and like alive and feeling good through this has been creative collaboration with other people and having people send me music and going like, Hey, let's try to make a, a Weezer song. Right. So it's like, yeah. now I'm going to try to record drums in a way that sounds like Weezer and do that sort of stuff. So like, that's really what's kept me going is sort of like creative practices and creative stuff working with other people. And that's why I took the break. Cause I started to feel super uncreative. So, yeah. And I felt like there were times where I wanted to, but most of last year I was in charge of like doing all the posts and like mm. stories and stuff on the band, on the band Instagram and that literally took, you know, that's a lot would, of work. Yeah, I would do it. I did it every single day for almost a year. And more recently, you know, we've had calls and, you know, I've kind of talked to the boys in the band and I'm just like, listen, like, this was the cause of a lot of my stress and, mm. and, and my mental problems. Like, especially when we, you know, lost our singer. Um, and I was just like, listen, I, I can't do this all by myself anymore. Right. It's a lot. I was doing it seven days a week. You know, I would check it three or four times a day. And it was just getting to be way too much. So, and totally. once, and then I was just like, I just need a break for a while. You know, like I'll go back to doing it, but like, I'm not going to do it by myself anymore. Sure. Like I need, I need help. everybody to kind of like, you know, come on and, and, and do different shit because it's just getting to the point to where it's like, oh, I got to, oh, hang on. I got to go, I got to check the band Instagram and, and well, repost sure you, you know, it's not like me on my, my Instagram where I pull it up and it's like, you got three likes and one new follow. I'm like, woohoo. It's like you yeah. pull up the Bad Wolves page and it's going to be like 30 Hund- DMs. A hun- and yeah, like- a hundred new follow. And it's like, dude, if we had a post that like people really loved, within an hour, I get, we could have a hundred new followers. Uh, 99 plus requests in the request box. All the comments in the world plus, that you're supposed to try to respond to. And... Plus 30, 30 regular DMs. And then it's like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even do the comments. Like, right. Cause you almost I, can't at that yeah. point. Like how do you, you know, there's no time. So, and then I've been trying to like on my days off, like, you know, today I've been, tr- I've been trying to do more you know, positive stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. I do fall into the, you know, my phone's right here. I can look it's at easy. it. Let me, so you know, easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I, I'm definitely one for the social media blackouts. Like I really feel like, especially with the way algorithms work, like it doesn't matter how many times I, um, mute somebody or unfollow somebody there, especially on Facebook, I feel like every time I go on Facebook, I always see something that is like, I, I, I don't want to use the word triggering, but something Infuriating. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like I, I keep, you know, I keep muting posts like this or that. And it's just like, it, there's no difference in the algorithm because. Yeah, show up anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, uh, bad news travels faster than good news. Lies spread faster than the truth. And uh, it's just, it's not a positive place. And like, 
I really wish it would kind of go back to like how things were, where it was your memes your... and fart jokes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's still that too, but I just mean right. the algorithm where shit mm. appears in the order that it was posted. Chronological. Yeah, I, that's the chronological name. time feed, and it's because like I'm missing shit from people who I like to interact with. That's my biggest gripe, dude. Like, I I can't stand that. Like, show up on Instagram and the first post is four days old, but mm-hmm. it's got. 80,000 likes on it because it's a sponsored content from whatever Trump company I follow or whatever. It's like, that's not the thing I want to see because I saw it four days ago. Like I don't still need to see it. It's not like this is like news to me. Yeah. I wish I was seeing it chronologically as well. And like, I'll go on Instagram and I'll see a post from somebody like, it's really weird. Like I'll go on Instagram at late at night and I'll see a post from somebody whom I interact with frequently but it's like this, and I'll look at a post that they, that would be my first post. I'll look at it. It was like, this post was posted 16 hours ago. I'm like, why the fuck didn't you show it to me 16 hours ago? <laughs> I wanted to see it then. Why? Yeah. yeah. Like, why Why did you show me at 1 a.m.? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Nobody, I, I, I don't think that there's anybody really that wants it to be like that. I don't yeah. think that there's anybody who'd be like, yeah, let me just see old stuff randomly. Yeah. You know, I think everybody would prefer that it went to chronological, but I think that the companies know that that's not the best way to keep you on the app. And like yeah. that's, you know, because like they're I, I've seen stuff like about how they hit you with targeted ads. If you mm-hmm. um, see a targeted ad and you close the app, you will and you do that frequently. Every time you see an ad, you close the app, you will start to see fewer ads in your algorithm hmm. because they know that seeing targeted ads turns you off and then you just turn the app off. Yeah. You know? So like they they measure that stuff and they they measure. I mean, we're a product like when you're when you're using show, social media, media, you are the product. Well, you're um, you're a product in, 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 in more in more ways. than I think most people most people realize like I know I know Tim Cook is battling uh, Mark Zuckerberg right now. For those who don't know, Tim Cook is the CEO of Apple, because not only do does Facebook uh, um, social media like Facebook make money off our targeted advertising but on our data as well and uh, i was talking about this with phil labonte on the podcast back in you know september october you know pre pre pre-election and he was he was telling me he's been deep diving about social media that if that if more than three people i think have your phone number that have their phones attached to to facebook you have a shell account that it's like you know say if say say you didn't have a facebook account you didn't want a facebook account but me robbie tim chris doc and john have you in our phones with your phone number with your name um you have a shell account no way yeah like a, like a, the you would never be able to find it but the second you create your facebook account Regardless if your contacts are made available to Facebook, you would have a shell account and your first friend people like your first like people you may know are going to be the people that already have your name and phone number in their phones connected to Facebook. God, that's so fucking creepy. Yeah. So creepy, dude. Like I, you know, it's like those are things that you don't give consent to, you know, like it's it's like if you've never had a facebook account in your life but that's that that's the situation like that's kind of weird you know yeah. like just the data mining um like yeah, dude I they're think... already making tons of money on on advertisements and they became billionaires billionaires by selling our data yeah 
And it's just, it's one of those things that sucks because social media being a musician is a necessary evil. You need to be able to promote yourself. And, and you do what's really funny is when I find I'm trying to promote something. Like if I post a picture and have like a really long, meaningful post about, you know, one of my friends or about how I've been feeling over the last year, like typically I do them every year towards the end of the year. Right. Those, those get the most traction out of anything. But if even even on even even on the, the band Instagram, there was something where I was promoting our Patreon mm. that got fourteen hundred likes compared to a video of me playing bass guitar, which was literally the very next post, which got over seven thousand likes. And like I look at the analytics and I'm like, we have three hundred and. 4,500,000 5, followers on Instagram. The Patreon post only reached 10,000 people, maybe. Right. Where the base video reached 50 to 60,000 people. Yep. So it's, it's like you're trying to promote something off of their platforms. It doesn't get seen. And there's also like code words like Lincoln Bio, which I'm trying not to use anymore because... Like, you know, again, on my personal Instagram, when I posted a bass video of having, you know, I have like 13,000 followers or whatever, I posted a bass video that got 2,000 likes. When I post about my podcast, it gets 120 likes. Right. Religiously. But you have to be careful with, you know, what hashtags you use. Like, Lincoln Bio has been shadow banning posts. So, like, only... Not even 10% of the people who follow me will even, unless they go to my page, will see that I've posted about the podcast. You know, and it's it's weird because, like, you know, you, you use the Bad Wolves account as an example, 350,000 followers, and you're going, 50,000 people saw the base video, and that one did well. Well, that's only a fifth of your followers. You yeah. Know? So the, the, the algorithm is essentially doing a disservice to the followers because the followers it's like i followed this page because i wanted to see it and then i didn't even get the opportunity to see it we'll see here's here's where they want to triple dip because they want you to pay for post boosting they want you to pay to promote it so it's like hey do you want to reach 10 percent more of your followers give us 50 dollars Hey, do you want to reach 20% more of your followers? Give us $150 and we'll prom- we'll promote this post or boost this post for the next week or something so more people see those posts. So if you're seeing like sugge- uh, like um uh like uh certain pages will appear more on your timelines uh more frequently is because they've paid for the boosted yeah, and that's when you'll see promotion. Right. You know, so they're paying for the promotion, the promoted post or the boosted post. Because there was like one time like, and, you know, don't get me wrong. It's fine. You know, uh, one of my buddies was promoting one of something he was selling or one of his stores or something like that. And I literally, anytime I went on my feed, it was there because it's an account that I interact with the mo- a lot. And it was, um, you know, someone who they obviously see the interaction and I like I would like posts and comment on posts. So anytime I would go on during that week or month or whatever, I would always run into that post. 
Right. So that's where they want to triple dip. Not only are they making money off advertising, they're making money off data mining, but they also want artists and influencers to pay them money so more of the people who follow them can see their content. Right. Which is ironic because like the whole point of, of boosting your posts, it costs you money that you haven't made yet. That's why you're boosting the post. Is So, you know, for a lot of artists, you're like, I just put out a single. It's my first single. I'm trying to reach as many people as possible. So yeah. here I am spending $100 that I don't have yet because I haven't sold any of my music. You know, yeah. And that's why I think a lot of um, fledgling artists, uh, people that are trying to get their start, that rely on social media. This is why it's really hard because you're going like, okay, well, if I'm going to be competitive, even on a remote scale, like I need a marketing budget. I need a budget yeah. to, to be part of these paid advertisements. And like at a certain point I I've done it before where I've been like, I feel like I, I, I spent a hundred bucks on ads this month and I didn't really get a whole lot out of it. You know? Yeah. You know, it's almost like until you're spending the ma the major bucks, that's when they start to really pump you up. Yeah. And the one thing that, that Phil was talking to me about when it came to, you know, how Facebook is run, I think his Instagram got banned as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, he was talking. He's like, he doesn't have a Facebook. But anytime he would try to promote something on his on the on the band, all that remains Facebook. Mm. Like you know, they have over a million likes or followers on yeah. uh, on on Facebook. You know, they've been around for like fucking twenty five years. Right. Um. But like, it wouldn't even reach ten percent. He said it would barely reach. He would barely have any interactions. Like you figure, if you have a million people following your Facebook page, you should have at least ten thousand people interacting with that post in Hopefully. some way, shape, or right. form. A like at or a least. share or a comment. But he's or like, whatever. dude, I would like promote my Twitch, and he's like, I there would be like one or two likes. You know, like literally, he would be like, if I'm lucky, a hundred people would interact with that post. Wow. And granted, you know, maybe. Not everybody is interested in that type of stuff. Sure. But if you're just talking about sheer numbers. Right. The like, percentages. There should yeah. be something. Yeah. Yeah. There should be something. Regard, like, especially if you post it early enough in the morning, like 7, 8 o'clock. You know, people are just waking up. They're just getting to work. You know, they're sitting down at their desk having a fucking cup of coffee. Or they're waking up sitting outside with dogs or whatever and scrolling and scrolling Facebook. Like, at least if you don't want to, like, like, cool. That's cool. I don't want to go watch his Twitch stream. Like, at least you'd be like, I like that. But he right. was seeing, like, dramatic number. Um, Disparity. Yeah, exactly. Between posts of, like, you know, a picture of the band, you know, at some concert. And then compared to, like, his Twitch or any other th anything else that they were trying to promoting without boosting the post. Like, the numbers right. were just, they were, they were too, too different. And and that's when he was just like, dude, I'm not even gonna be on fucking Facebook. And then yeah, I think I think a month or two ago, his uh, his Instagram account got banned. <laughs> double. Then he got double slammed. Now he's just no Instagram, double no sucked. Facebook. It double suck. It's tough, man. Like I Facebook, I feel like has changed quite probably the most out of all the social media platforms. Because like I remember when it came out, I was a freshman in college, and I remember it being a very loose kind of place still you know feeling very kind of just like an extension of myspace basically but just looked better and yeah um, and only available to college students at, only, at a certain yep, time yep with a college id you know that was part of it and then once they kind of opened it up as a free-for-all <clears throat> our parents started joining 
Yeah. <laughs> and then it changed a lot. It changed pretty dramatically. So it's kind of interesting to see how um, different generations use social media differently and like what they use it for and, and uh, you know, how it's changed people. Even like my mom, my mom's not like a heavy user of it, but like I can tell a difference in my mom from four years ago before she got a Facebook and now. And it's, yeah. it's social media. It's weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, there's people on the earth right now. It's weird to think that that never grew up without social media. Right. Like social media was always a thing, especially if you're between the ages of, you know, uh, 15 and 20. Like you didn't you don't remember a time when there wasn't social media. It was always around. I remember being in high school. When there was like the most social media thing there was was AOL chat rooms. Right. <laughs> yeah. AIM. Yeah. And you couldn't really be on there for long because there was, there were, you only had dial up internet and your parents right. would get mad. Yeah. They're know? trying to call and people are like, I can't yeah. get a hold of your phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was literally like the one thing. But it's like nowadays, you know, kids are freshmen in high school. And, you know, they have fucking iPhones and Twitter accounts and, you know, Snapchats and all these different social media platforms. And it's just like, you know, like I got made fun of a little bit in high school, but I don't think as bad as maybe as like, you know, you know, no one ever posted anything to Instagram and was like, right. oh, my God, look, look at Kyle. He fucking shit his pants today, you know, and <laughs> right. ruined somebody's, you know, ruined somebody's life. But, like, I couldn't imagine going to high school in the social media era, like, with how big and popular it is. Like, you're fucking, you're, the dean of students has a Facebook account. The teacher has an Instagram account. The fucking, you know, the gym teacher's got an OnlyFans. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Becker's spreading his ass every Saturday night. (laughs) All the kids are fucking tuning in. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just like. Like I couldn't imagine. Like I, w- that's one thing, and that's another reason why I, I, the main reason I think I, I don't really want children is because I don't want them to have to grow up in like the time that we're living in now. I really think I, I saw I saw something on Twitter the other day that I that I I thought was was pretty pretty clever, and I and maybe will be true. Um, someone posted that. In in twenty years, people will look at social media like we look at cigarettes now. Totally, yeah. What a dirty thing that we're all, you know, like that yeah. that, that everybody was doing. Yeah. You know, like how terrible was this for us? I mean, like every, in the nineties, everybody smoked. Right. It didn't matter. Nope. Like your boy smoked in the nineties. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, should I still smoke now? But that's because I was smoking in the nineties. Because you were smoking okay? in the nineties. <laughs> It got started then. Yeah, um, man. I mean, people people just like you assimilate to things that are part of culture, right? So it's yeah. just a normal thing. Everybody does it. Why would I think it's weird? Why would I think that it's bad? Um, and then 10 years go by and scientists start going like, we've definitely done a little bit of research here. And it seems like this seems to be the case. And everybody goes, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> 30 years later, then everybody's like, yeah, I'm fucked up now. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's going to have to go to a fucking therapy. Um, and it's like, I, I try not to use social media cause I, I, when social media first started, like when Facebook started ramping up and Twitter started ramping up, just like literally posting, like, Oh, I'm bored or oh, I pet a dog on the sidewalk today. Like I try to use social media for, uh, means of communication with people I want to keep in contact with mm-hmm. and also just trying to like 
promote myself, promote yep. the band. I typically try not to post personal stuff on 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 social media anymore, especially you know, um, you didn't know me when I was with with my ex, but yeah. I mean, you know, there was always posts with the um, you know with the kid with her kid with her. And then, like you know, after you know a few months, people are like, "Hey, what happened to your to your girlfriend?" They're, you deleted all the pictures of her. Like I'll be like, "Oh, well, yeah, we we, yeah, we're done. we broke up." <laughs> well, why didn't you say anything? I'm like, "What do you mean? Why I, I did? I don't want to say anything. I'm not just gonna announce to the world like, Kanye single ladies line up, come and get it.' Come you know? on, girls. Yeah, you know, like, and so I just decided, like, even like you know, as still a single guy right now, uh, if if I do decide to to date or be in a relationship again, I definitely won't have it be as public as mm-hmm. as this one was. Now, granted, I will, you know, if I'm with somebody, I'm gonna do, you know, posts, but it's not gonna be like, hey, look, we're at the pumpkin patch, like a random like Saturday <laughs> thing. Yeah, just sure. you know. I believe in leaving a little bit more to the imagination than a lot of people do on social media. And honestly, like when I see stuff like that, I see it as an outcry, you know, of like, oh, look how good my life is. Look how good my relationship is. But behind the screen, they're fucking miserable and they hate each other. It's dark. Like, yeah. And and, and it's like, so anything I see on social media where... You know, people are like, oh, like, look how good my relationship is. Look how good my life is. Like, oh, I'm better than everybody. Like, I literally look at that and think the opposite. I do, too. Yeah. It, it looks like smoke and mirrors to me. You know, yeah, I mean, that's it all it is. Yeah. I mean, you're not. I mean, for the most part, I mean, I know people who do this as well. You're not really going to air the shitty side of your life on Facebook. Hopefully not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know people who do, and it's, it's kind of depressing. And it's something it you don't really want to interact with. But if you want more engagement, you're going to be like, you know, like that'd be like me on my birthday, like renting a fucking Lamborghini. Be like, yo, check out my new wheels, you know, or, you know, just like a uh, just falsifying or maybe over exaggerating your life and experiences to make yourself look cool. And uh, I really think being a child of 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 our you're about the same age as me right i'm 34 yeah i'll be 32 in like a month yeah yeah so there's only there's only a few year gap so um you know being a child post 80s and 90s there was all these like you know it it was cool to be popular and i think being children of that time not having social media it's like we're trying to be the popular kids in high school totally in our 30s yeah on the internet on the internet (laughs) right and like that's where we get our validation is through likes and comments and trust me it feels great when i post something like it's a instant fucking dopamine hit when i when i post something and it gets a lot of interactions and people are like oh my yeah like the the base video i posted people are commenting like damn dude you're so good i'm like yeah yeah yeah. it's right right. yeah yeah you know it, it, it makes me feel good but like I don't strive for the likes. Like I don't do it for the likes. I don't do it for you know. I, I'm just trying to put myself out there more as a musician. Like you know, I'm not I'm not the greatest bass player out there. I know that. Fucking our own Tim Walker could smoke me any day of the week, and I'm very aware He's of bad. that. He's, He's a, a bad. sick drummer. He's a Is sick he? drummer. He's a I didn't super know that. sick drummer, dude. He um 
he played drums he he like toured in metal bands as a drummer like his feet are way sick like he he's like the kind of dude who like doesn't practice and he'll be like yeah i don't know let me just sit down real quick and he'll just like play bleed and you're just like what what like i practice all the time and i can't do that that's crazy you know yeah. so he's he's just an exceptionally talented musician overall yeah Oh damn! I, I didn't know that, but like you know, like our own Tim Walker, like I said, is 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 a better bass player than me. Um, but you know, it does feel good to have that validation. But I'm trying to kind of put myself out there a little bit more as myself as a brand because I kind yeah. of, you know, not that you know being the the bass player of Bad Wolves is like a bad thing, but I also want people to know me for like for oh he's a bass player he's got this podcast or he makes fucking goofy guitar picks and t-shirts or you know i, I want to be like synthwave. myself yeah 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 i fucking love synthwave uh, I, I, I still haven't fucking found any motherfuckers to write with me either it's pissing me off hey, so you're bad at him. hi 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 hey, i'll send hey, you me, some hey, stuff me, little guy no so uh me and me and uh brown have been working on some music and, oh I, uh, I heard it you, I you thought. heard that so yeah yeah you yeah. probably heard it. it was called wounds and uh him and uh, our, our mutual friend Robbie Baca, who's a, the guitar player and the main writer for the Contortionist. Yeah, he, he played uh, bass on it, didn't he as well? Yeah, yeah, he's the he's the he tracked bass for it. He uh, he helped write a lot of the guitar ideas. Were were kind of like a combination of Brown and Baca's uh, mutual parts that they'd written for the demo. Um, but it, it all started off as a as a song that I wrote a very long time ago. That was just this kind of drum and bass. It's like a drum and bass song basically and then yeah. we just added heavy ass guitars to it you know and made it nice. sort of a different thing but yeah i am a uh heavy synth music fan i love synth music my my younger brother makes edm mm -hmm. um and so he and i do edm production and we do like all sorts of weird synth work so if you do want to do, do what sucks synth, though man like i i offered to pay motherfuckers to help me like with and song still... arrangements and writing and i'm like Bro, I'm offering you money. How do people not hustle on this shit? Like, I, I'm always talking about this with my friends. Like, I feel like there are so many musicians who are massively talented. Dude, I was hitting up producers who literally get paid to do this shit. And the second they hear it, I'm, maybe my synth wave just sucks, you know? Or, or they just, they don't see, they don't see the, the dollar, the points the points down the road or whatever they don't yeah, see yeah, that yeah. because they're like well this isn't going to get released on a label and it's not going to do this it's not going to do that yeah. and this is something that you said a minute ago which is like you don't do it for the likes or whatever it's like i'm kind of the same way like i so much of the music that i work on is independent music like indie artists who are going to put out this record and 35 people are going to hear it yeah. and like that doesn't bother me I, because if the music is cool and I like working on the music or even if I don't like the music, but I like the artist, you know, like yeah. that might be enough for me to want to work with them just because it's like, cool, I, you know, maybe this music isn't for me, but it's for you and you like it. So that means that it means something to somebody. And that's important. All right, enough. Johnny. Well, I'm going to I'm going to fucking I'm going to send you my, I'm going to send you the Dropbox for the for the for the the synth wave shit. Yeah, and you, and you can you can tell me I'm sending it to you right now. All right. Um, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll check this stuff out and we'll we'll have some chats. You can tell me how terrible it is. I'm sure it's not terrible. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's great. And, that uh, you know, a lot of people don't listen. To well, that. I write, but it turns out I write really moody shit. And I think that's where like people. Because they don't hear the the hook or whatever, they're they're looking for a hook, and you're you're giving them vibe. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I, I get that. And and I mean, there's there's stuff in there that has vibe and is more like upbeat, but like, 
you know, fucking, I was just coming from, from a place where I was just writing what, what felt and sounded good. Yeah. <laughs> and at that time when I started writing music in August for synthwave shit, it was kind of depressing. Right. So, you know, and there's like, there's a, there's a handful of ideas in there. There's like only a few actually full songs. The rest are just like, I thought this idea was cool and then never did anything else with it. Cause I'm just tired of like fucking like, I'm just like, oh, I got to go back and redo that. And I'm just tired of it. Like I want right. people to listen like the, what I'm, what I'm looking for in someone that like work with me on my music is just be like, Hey, the, I like where you're going with this chord progression, but it needs this or right. Hey, or I, the I, structure I, needs to be. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. kind of like the arrangement of the song or if they're like, Hey, I like, you know, you did this minor bass chord progression here, but maybe if we did like a major seven, like that would mm-hmm. be, that would be cool. Or, you know, kind of like listen to my, my baby ideas and then help grow it into a man, you yes. know, <laughs> grow the man idea, grow yeah. a tree out of this little sapling. Yeah, well, exactly. I, I, I worked on a, on a goth synth. I would call it like goth synth wave where it's kind of like, if you take the um, aesthetic of like, Depeche mode, but mm-hmm. then you you put it and you run it through um, maybe like ministry. It was like ministry meets Depeche mode kind of thing. Yeah. But he wanted live drums, which is not typical of the genre. No, right? no, typical, not at all. T- it's it's almost always going to be a drum, drum machine. Drum machine, and um, but he was like, I want real drums, but I want you to play like a drum machine. And I was like, this is going to be really fun. So I, I went to a studio and he did everything analog. So he did it. It's a tape recording. So like everything went straight to tape, never uh-huh. touched pro tools at all. Oh shit. And we did the whole thing as if it was like an eighties project basically. And it was super rewarding um, project to work on because of the way it made me think as a drummer it was like, not like a drummer, but more like a computer, you know, like, yeah, layering the beats in a way so that it felt like a drum machine like bringing in a second hi-hat or never hit a crash symbol in the whole song you know like stuff like that where it's like there's no crashes really in music like that so kind of interesting to to work on different music and just see how it in you know inspires me to create something new or different that i haven't worked on before so i'm excited yeah and and that and that's been one thing and i've i've dumped a decent amount of money into plugins like Mm -hmm. There's, you know, there's like a couple doubles of songs in that file I sent you where it's mm-hmm. like one was the original and one was like updated with different plugins or one was the radio version of the, right. you know, yeah, the, the, short, other. The, the shortened edit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I've just I've just been having a hard time finding motivation, mainly just because I've been and I've been, you know, I've been sitting on my computer, like trying to write new stuff for for the new Bad Wolves, trying to do like this. And I just, I, by the time I sit down, the last thing I want to do is like, all right, I'm going to be trying to fucking find a bass sound on all these millions of plugins I have now. Or, you know, like I I sit down, I'll write an idea. I'd be like, I fucking hate it. And then just get away. Yeah. And you're just done. Yeah. If I have somebody who I can like bounce smaller ideas off of and branch it out into something much bigger because I'm not really great with layering either. You know, there's like, there's one song in there and I'll point it out to you via, via text message. Um, uh, after we're done with the podcast where it's like, I felt like it was like the first song I ever did too. (laughs) I felt like, I did really well with like layering and sounds and like, you know, soundscapes. And I was like, all right, cool. And then I never did it again. 
<laughs> well, hey, that sometimes I feel like when I'm writing, like I'll write an idea and it'll be like, I like this, but it feels really incomplete. You know, yeah. like it, it just feels like there's something that I'm missing here. And that's almost always when I just email it to a friend and just go, hey, if you want to play with this, play with it. And then I give them like three days. If they don't do or say anything, then I'm, I just move on. And I send it to somebody else. And yeah. uh, that's how I've been like completing projects recently around here is like I, I'll, I'll get I, uh, I, I produced a song for this, this girl and everything was really cool. And I liked what I did with I, I wrote all the instruments and whatever for it. And the piano just felt a little like that feels pretty just like blank, blank, yeah. blank. No, no cool like motion or anything like that. So I just called a buddy and I was like, "Hey, I've got a very low budget project because like I got paid, you know, X amount, and I can only really break you off this much. Do you want to do it? You know?" And he was like, "Sure." And he sent it back to me in like ten minutes. You know what I mean? It was like super, super quick. And it's interesting because I'll 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 do the same thing with some of my friends that are more successful or bigger or mm -hmm. have done more things with more bands or whatever. And typically it takes those people longer. Yeah. Um, and almost always it comes back and I'm kind of like, hmm, that was okay. This guy, I'm telling you, he's just like some crazy dude that lives in Indiana. He lives in a farmhouse and he just smokes so much weed. Like you wouldn't even believe it. Like, it's just like <laughs> unbelievable. Like he makes me and Brown look like fucking like we like schoolboys. Yeah. He's, he's crazy. And he is the sickest keyboard player that you've never heard. Like you've never heard this guy in your entire life. Dude, he writes, that happens sometimes though. He writes man. amazing songs. He's a great vocalist. Yeah. Um, he's one of my one of my really good friends. Like we do a bunch of wedding gigs and like random stuff out here. But he's he's the guy. And I, I hit him up for all this stuff and it'll be like twenty dollar tracks, you know, and he's yeah. crushing it. And you're like, Who are you, Chick Korea? And like he's that <laughs> he's that he's that good. Where you're like, Who is this guy? He's just some crazy dude in Indiana. So Dude, there was this band that was out here. They were they were from Chatsworth. Um some of the guys in the band went on to do um like stuff with like West Borland and a few other bands. Mm. But they were seriously the sickest metal band you never heard. Yeah, uh, they, they were called Turn of the Screw, and like they were what like a sick name, damn. Yeah, yeah, um, and I believe the bass player, I believe he plays in Kesha now. Not a bad gig to move up to, though. Yeah, and I and the guitar player was in uh, Blacklight Burns with West West Borland. I think the guitar player and ba and bass player did Blacklight Burns with West Borland, but like the band as a whole was literally the sickest. New, and they were like around in you know 2000 2001 new metal and era. but they were they were different in the fact that it wasn't just like limp biscuit rip off new metal right. like they were definitely original and they had a really good sound and I, I and they're one of those bands where i'm just like if these guys would have gotten signed and even given a little bit of promotion i bet they would have been sick i mean not that you know fans. yeah yeah but you know like I said, they went. They've gone on to do other things, and I'm pretty sure Nick, the bass player, is playing for Kesha. I don't. I don't really remember. But, but yeah, I always That'd find out. That, yeah, uh, I always find that sometimes the best musicians aren't the most famous ones. It's like the unassuming dude who's just like, "Yo, I play a little bit of guitar," and he's just like fucking better than everybody you've ever met in your entire life. Indianapolis but some people is like that, dude. I'm yeah. telling you, there are some crazy musicians here where I'm like, if you had the um, business sense to find a way out of this place, you would be bigger than everybody that I know. You know, yeah. there's there's a there's a some there's people this, don't want that, though. You're like right. some, and that's some, exactly it. 
yeah, they don't want that. They they would rather live their life as it is. They're like, I do this for fun. And the mm-hmm. second that you put business in this with them, it it's it's no longer fun for them. And totally. you know, I mean that that that's just the, that's just the way it is. And you know, it sucks because I feel like they're taking away um, music or talent from the world that maybe most people won't ever get to hear. It's fact. Yeah. But, you know, you can't force somebody to do something. No, you can't. And, so. and if they're going to be unhappy, they're not going to perform their best anyway, right? So yeah. then you put somebody who doesn't want to be on the road on the road, give them 15 days, and they're going to fall apart. You know, yeah. It's not, it's not going to work for them. So, you know, whether it's they got kids at home and they want to be with their family or they, they've got anxiety and or they've got a really bad drinking problem, <laughs> like they can't, yeah. you know, there's like all sorts of reasons why some people – don't ever end up doing the thing that you kind of would expect all musicians want to do, right? Like yeah. I grew up always just being like, how cool would it be to be on a tour? I didn't get to go on a tour until I was like 27, like a real one. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I, I was always doing DIY van tours. That's just what so many people from this area of the country, it's what we do because yeah. we don't know that there's a better way to do it. We have no idea. We're just stupid. We're like, yeah, throw it in the back of the Corolla. Let's drive to Cincinnati, boys. All right, come on, load up. Yeah. And that's, that's just how we used to tour. It was crazy. Damn, dude. Well, Johnny, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me on yeah, man. Thanks Rip, for having me. Ripcast number two. What the fuck was that noise? I heard something. It sounded like somebody trying to break into your room. Wow. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> it's just um, your ghost. It's cool. <laughs> baggies come over yeah, to ba- LA. Yeah, Baggies hanging out. He's like, I heard you were talking about me earlier. <laughs> oh, uh, Johnny, where can people find you to possibly do some sick collabs or what have you in the future? Well, uh, Instagram is definitely an easy one for most people, um, jo- at Johnny C. Drums. And then I also have a website, johnnycdrums.com. And it's just a slightly more official looking version of Instagram, but it's, you know, it gives you all the background of who I am and what I've done and that sort of thing. If you want to want to work, I do production, songwriting and mixing and drumming and all the, all the good stuff. Yeah. Hit, hit Johnny up. He's a great dude. He's a great musician. And uh, everybody who's listening, thank you for tuning in to Ripcast number two with Johnny Concannon. And I will see you next week.